welcome to First and Foremost, the podcast for entrepreneurs in the transition from a nine to five to their dream of owning their own businesses. out there. I'm so glad that you were able to join us for another episode of First and Foremost. And today, my guests are husband and wife team, Dave and Renee Cronister. Dave and Renee are co-founders of Parameter Security, a firm that was born out of the need to protect education, governmental, and financial institutions from hacking. Let's listen in on this conversation. You've been doing this for a long time. I, when reading through your bio, um, you got started this, in this when you were five. You're, you're like not, not, not the ethical hacking, yeah. <laughs> but, but the technology bug bit you when you were five. Yeah. Um, I got my first computer when I was five, and uh, you know, I just it was something that I was good at. It's not what I wanted to do for a living. Yeah. And, and you know, obviously, where we're recording this, you can see I have a lot of. <laughs> Music equipment, yeah. and um, I always thought I'd be a guitarist, and that didn't work out. Uh, but uh, luckily, um, I had parents that my dad was really into computers. He was actually a police officer. My mom was a church secretary. Yeah, and so that that not only you know him being being a buff and getting computers, but also having God and guns keeping me from really <laughs> yeah. bad things as yeah. a kid um, allowed uh, allowed me. Uh, down the road, myself and Renee to start uh, Parameter, and I think I was just very lucky and um, did some hard work back in the '90s to get where we are today. Absolutely, and uh, so looking back now, I'm a Cisco guy. I I actually did my Cisco certification. I I thought I was doing something with CCNA, yeah. and then I I see your your titles, and I'm like, I bow down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you're you're definitely a Cisco certified professional. You're you're really at the forefront of of security, aren't you? Well, it's funny you say Cisco because I grew up a system admin sort of guy, but um, and I do have friends of mine that will just start speaking networking, and I I just I bow down in front of them. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I do know how many ports are in TCP IP up and <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, sixty-five thousand five hundred thirty. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, you need to know that to start a business and a bank account. Um, you know, it, it was really, I think, um, with the technology and and being able to get into the security, it the personality of being able to jump in, not knowing what I was doing, kind of helped. And and I think you'll find that you know, obviously, with a lot of people, technology, um, most most. Careers evolve, but you know, for example, Renee's background is marketing and communications, and that evolves. But the basics of human social engineering for marketing has been the same for thousands of years. Yeah, the basics—it's changing the the landscape on the top of it. Mm. Where IT, everything that you knew five years ago changes. Yeah, um, my first job I got in. Um, when I was a PC tech, I was got a temp job, and they said, uh, "Do you know how to crimp cable?" When when I was walking out, and this is like in 1996, and I go, "Yeah," and I left. 
And I was so nervous. I'm like, that weekend, I'm like, oh, they're going to fire me. They're going to just... It's going to be like one of those old bar scenes, you know, just throw me out the end cable. Yeah. And so my stomach's churning. And like the third day, they're like, can you crimp cable? And I go, no. And they go, I'm, I'm just waiting for it. I go, okay, you do it this way. And then you just learn that yeah. you just had to do it. So, um, yeah, I think uh, we we are we're more of a specialist. I could not set up a network, a system network like you could. Um, I... Probably these days, out of the system administration, I, I would be frustrated. But with our job, we, we not only go in and hack organizations, we also provide uh, forensic services. So yeah. if someone gets breached, um, mm. uh, we do law cases as well and teaching. You know, so we're going to teach you just the specialties. And I think that works out well for yeah, yeah. Thinking back to your childhood, you were saying that your dad had given uh, was in com- computers and or your dad was a policeman, but he delved into the computer thing. That was kind of his hobby. Yeah. Mom's a uh, church secretary. What do you see from your childhood that that maybe you see working right now? Some secret sauce that's still in play today. My dad is horrible with computers. <laughs> it, it, I, I have said this in front of him so many times, and he, he's got enough things not offended anymore. Um, but he was really, really bad with computers. And, and so he would, he would literally mess things up. I mean, you know, kids today gripe about their parents not doing, being able to fix something. But at least they had the internet to go look at. You know, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even have have a yeah. modem in my first be right you right know, we didn't even have 256 colors yeah we were like <laughs> 16, right right um i think that 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 helped a lot also getting um a different type of computer i was the only kid i knew that didn't have a commodore 64 yeah, yeah. and then everybody played games mm-hmm. um, when we got our first real computer it was a tandy, tandy. 1000 ex oh yes went to radio shack yeah. <laughs> Oh, that thing was blazing at four megahertz. <laughs> I had a, we had an external three and a half inch disc, you know. It Did it was, have a turbo button on it? it, it oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it didn't actually. Okay. No, that okay. was our next or three. Uh, it couldn't even turbo at the time. But it had a modem. That one had a modem. And um, so while everybody else was playing Epic Summer Olympics, you know, Olympic games yeah. and summer games and winter games. I was sitting there at a terminal and having to play with utilities. And I yeah. think that that really helped quite a bit. I had to figure out how to make things work. Yeah, yeah. Renee, for you, I mean, thinking back on your childhood, is there anything in there that, you know, led you into the marketing and then, um, Maybe you still can use that. I'm sure your marketing comes into play here. Oh, yeah. Uh, so what a, is there anything from your childhood that you remember that kind of said, I'm probably, you know, now you're looking back and be like, that's where that developed. Well, I have <clears throat> somewhat of a similar story. Um, I was in music and I was a singer professionally and always thought, you know, hey, that's going to be my career. And my dad uh, said, look, here's the deal. When I went, I went to college and he said, you're not going to get a major in music. People will know if you can sing the minute you open up your mouth. You don't need a piece of paper for that. You need to get a degree so if, God forbid, that doesn't work out, you can fall back on it. Wow. And so I got a mass communications uh, degree for television and radio and then um, a minor in marketing. And so I always was 
really fascinated into the mind of consumers, yeah. you know, like how it works, how people decide to get this product over this product, you know, how it's manipulative in the sense of marketing yeah. saying, you need this even though you don't. Um, and that always played a part in it. And so my first job actually was on Madison Avenue in New York City in marketing. Whoa. Yeah, which was really wild because it's like, I feel like I'm working backwards. That's where people strive to be in marketing. Right. That's where I started. Right. <laughs> She's like, I <laughs> I've already, yeah, I had the luncheons this year. Yeah, right. for, for all the listeners here, did you hear her delve into her radio voice? <laughs> I, did, I was starting to get a lot smoother. It's very smooth. No, no, uh, oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah it's like, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, I actually returned back from New York City, and ironically, um, and it, it was weird because I had a job as a senior producer for a talk radio station. Um, and I started heading down that road since I'd been in marketing for about six, seven years in New York city and copywriting advertising. Cause I worked for newspapers and magazines. Um, I fell into, I was offered the job in the production. And I think part of it was, you know, I knew how to market this program to increase the listenership and get more uh, stations. And so that's what their big goal was. In addition to obviously having a quality program, but they needed a bigger market. They were trying to expand that. And they were trying to get to um, other audiences that they hadn't reached. And what I mean by that is it was a Christian radio station, but they didn't want to talk to the Christians. They wanted to talk to the non-Christians uh, of converting. Yeah. So with that being said, you know, the marketing plays in, okay, now we have to twist this this way. And that <clears> sounds <throat> awful when I say it, but you can't be preachy to a person who, first of all, doesn't want to hear it. Right. Come on now. Yeah. I mean, and so, and you've got to make it spin in a way that they can one relate and understand, but two, make them then want to take some action. Like, you know what? Maybe I should give them a quick phone call and ask them about this. You know, because yeah. we had giveaways and call to actions and things like that. So longer story short, um, I was in radio for many years and then, uh, I had an opportunity. Dave actually got a job alert for a tech company that wanted somebody to actually write, produce, edit, and anchor their digital media casts. Oh, it was yeah. an IT company. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so I was like, all right. He's like, you have to go. You have to at least submit it. You know, just I, do it. You do it. I was like, an IT, IT culture, you'll enjoy. Yeah. 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 yeah you will. It. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so <laughs> I went and I interviewed and, you know, it worked out obviously. And I loved it. And it was, it was kind of funny because I was like, well, why did you want a broadcast person who didn't have an IT background? And I was just curious as to their response. I, I kind of knew, but I was like, I want to hear it. They're like, well, it's a lot easier to teach someone who has a broadcast experience and presence and know-how mm -hmm. the technology and the terminology and the definitions as opposed to somebody who is, I wouldn't say necessarily an IT, but somebody who is more into a technical role, right. trying to get that and have it come across the screen smoothly. Right. That gave me the stepping stones to actually launch a tech company because I knew how to market it. I knew who the audience was. I knew what we were doing. I knew how to do, more importantly, the market research and see if there was an actual need for what we did yeah. and who the competitors were and, you know, the threats and opportunities. And um, I, it, it just gave me the foundation having been in marketing as well as communication because when we were out there presenting our company, you know, I would be public speaking, he would be public speaking, I'd be doing presentations in terms of slides and we needed to make them look, you know, decent and halfway slick and, and stuff like that. So I think what we had going for us when we started the company was we had the marketing slash sales side from my 
experience. Yeah. And then we had the tech slash deliverable after it was sold that he could go ahead and produce <clears throat> what we sold from his side. And I think that gave us really a good foundation where we could just kind of run out of the gate per se. I'm not saying we knew everything, but it gave us some really good, you know, stepping stones foundation for us to try and take it off and launch it. Yeah. And David, I mean, to your own, to, to your own, right. You, you, you're seen on television, people like C, CNBC, CNN, you're actually giving uh, some of your best stuff out there on TV. So it's not like, you know, you've got some recognition out there. So uh, how do you guys balance um, this team? So you're saying to yourself, I got, I got the IT bit stuff, babe. You just take care of the marketing or <clears throat> like this. If, if the marketing steps into the IT, how do you deal with that? Very carefully. Very carefully. <laughs> Um, you know, it, it's uh, being married and being in a business together is is an interesting relationship. Yes. Right? I, yeah. I tell a lot of people, I go, listen, and right now we've only been married, what, oh, 16. 16 years. But if you look at an average marriage and how long we've spent together, we're, we're near that 30-year mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you're... I've learned a lot from Renee. I think, uh, you know, we, we put on a conference here called Shumicon, which is an incredible one. I mean, we, we have people coming from all over the world for it. And Renee single-handedly did it. Wow. Uh, you know, last year she did a lot of it, but then had surgery. And I think I was able to do better than most of your marketing people could have been able to handle it. Um, well, I, all, I also teed up everything teed up, said here. Up a lot, but I mean, I've learned a lot, you know, yeah. and and um, and I think I have some of the same traits, and vice versa. Yeah. Renee gets understands um, technology to an extent. Yeah. Now, the thing that we found out very quickly: I'm not a marketing person. <laughs> I'm not a salesperson. Okay. I give stuff away. Yeah, right. Yes. Renee is not a technology person. Now we both have learned this the hard way. Right. Yes. We've learned our limits. And if you have a very, very fragile ego, starting an organization, a business is is not your best bet. <laughs> right. It's not for the faint of heart. You know, there there were times that I went in and um, I was going to market the company or I, I did some interviews and I just fumbled, you know. Yeah. Um, and and I can think of a few where it was like I'm I'm just sitting there going this is very boring for a non technical person right, right? Um, but vice versa Renee did one where they were talk, wanting to talk about business and mm. technology and then they started getting into real technology and yeah. Renee's like uh, and, she just had to go through. and again it's I knew her well enough and she knew me well enough that it, it was like that part in Wayne's world where you see look like his head yeah um, we kept it together got yeah, through it but yeah. yeah we knew like oh man you know that wasn't good we, we, we have set lines um, mm -hmm. but those 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 do change yeah. you know we, we have it, it we we found over the past 11 years of starting a company you know, some of the stuff people would tell us, what's your end game? Mm. What's my end game? I'm just trying to get bigger. Right. You know? <laughs> trying to eat. Yeah. Trying yeah. to. Yeah. But now yeah. that the money's coming in, now that, you know, we are able to 
put a roof over our heads, some of that stuff started to make sense. Yeah. And, you know, one of the questions we have is, how do you build a communication with a partner? How do you have conversations mm-hmm. with someone you're with 24-7? Yeah. You know, we can't say, um, you know, how was your day? I know how your day was. Yeah, I was there. For lunch. Exactly. I had lunch with you, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, so we are, you know, Renee is actually moving a little bit out of the company. And and this is this is a whole, whole this new is challenge. Recent. Yeah, this, this is, is real very, recent. Very, very recent. It's a whole new challenge because she's an integral part of the company. Very yeah. integral. Yeah. But we have to determine, you know, what's more important. So it's a whole different phase. Yeah. In some ways, it's a little scarier than starting the company. You know. Yeah. I mean, do you, but you still feel like I feel like even still, you're transitioning to new places in your business. But that foundation of mutual respect seems to be there. And I, you know, and I, I see that basically what you're saying is really if, if you're a husband and wife team or you're even a partner, you're taking on a partner in a business, you need to have mutual respect for the strengths and then the other person's weaknesses and be able to Absolutely. bounce off of each other. And, and communication. I mean, there are times where it's not pretty. I mean, and that's just the way it is. I mean. I, I kind of look back and people are like, well, what's your secret? And we're like, there is not really a secret. It's we are hard-headed enough that we're going to make the company work and we're going to make our marriage work. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and to your point, we have mutual respect, but we will sit down behind closed doors, never in front of employees, yeah. and say, this is my issue with this, that, and the other, mm. and vice versa, and or I didn't like how you handled this, or hey, what do you think about this going forward? And having those types of conversations because you don't, you also want to provide a unified front. You don't want to, yeah. you know, being husband and wife, even if it happens like on the fly in the room and you do disagree, you still have to be very professional about yeah. it. You can take the conversation at length later. Um, or if you know that you just need to say yes at this point, then you can discuss it behind closed doors. But it's kind yeah. of like, as I understand it, we don't have children, but parenting, you still need that unified front. You don't yes. want to have, you know, that, divide in front of your children when you're trying to reprimand them, you know? And along those lines, we we are two different people when it comes to styles of management. Yeah. Yeah. We we are. And um, so we have different strengths and different weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And and like Renee said, it took us a while to figure that out. And, And, you know, she did say, you know, we tried to do everything behind doors. When we first started, that was something we had to be very mindful of, yeah. that we actually had one other person in the company, and sometimes he would actually say kind of jokingly, but not really, mom and dad quit fighting. <laughs> mom, dad, please. Yeah, but you, you eventually, uh, you know, I think for us, um, we started a company and we risked it all, and, and anybody starting a company has to understand financial Stability mm-hmm. goes away. When you have people calling you because you're late on your mortgage, you're late on your car, and you have to figure out how to make it work, that kind of takes that um, the energy you have yeah. to argue yeah. away. Yeah. yeah it's like, let's things. get together, more fix more it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So let's jump into your entrepreneurial pursuit here. You found yourself in in the IT industry, and you're working. You're working with like Fortune 500 companies. I mean, you're working high up there, and I think you're you like you're saying you're on you're on you're in New York working. Why did you start your own business? Why? <laughs> <laughs> you got drunk. Uh, it, 
perfect. <laughs> you know, that's where it all starts, right? It all start. We didn't have a garage. <laughs> so I actually, I, I had at this point, I was a VP of IT for a bank holding company based in Detroit, Missouri. Yeah. Um, Lincoln County Bancorp, People's Bank of Trust. And I had a great job. I could do whatever I wanted to. The, the owner was my boss, um, Donald Thompson. He was an amazing guy. He was an amazing he guy. He really was. But he would drive you nuts. Yeah. You know, he did not like technology. Um, and would, and would give you riddles like, hey, you're telling me we need to replace this printer because there's no parts. I can get a part for a 65 Chevy. <laughs> how do you, how do you fight that? Um, but it was, it was one of those, I wasn't even barely 30 and I had hit the top. Yeah. I know Renee went to college. I didn't. You yeah, know, I, I didn't have a degree. I had started going back to school, but I figured to move up to even into uh, vice president of IT, a larger company, I'm going to need a four-year degree. I'm going to need five years there. Um, Renee was working for a software company where um, it was one of those, it was IT, you know, some IT people feel like they can do better than others. Yeah. And, um, you know, she, she had a lot of skills, but I think it wasn't appreciated. And, Not at all. And uh, we just... You know, we went head to head, and there was he. he there is. We are we are on radio. So, <laughs> I, I, so know. I know. I just realized that after I did it, I was like, well, that doesn't count. <laughs> Renee is Renee is bumping her fist here <laughs> to symbolize headbutting. <laughs> yeah. But what what really triggered it was um, December twenty fourth of two thousand six. Team. I'm sorry, it's six. You're right. What am I doing? <laughs> I'm sorry. She goes back to the home in 30 minutes. <laughs> it's I all good. I don't know why. It's, it's all good. 2006, we were sitting at our house, and we yeah. were both having some drinks. We, and um, Christmas Eve, and we're both sitting there depressed about having to go to work on the 26th. Oh. Yeah. And for different reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, so life's, life's just... Life's too short to be upset, yet we've got way too long of a, of a career ahead of us. Mm-hmm. And so I had always done Texas support for years, and I said, you know, why don't we, we, we should just start a company, a tech company. They're easy, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And, well, we could do tech support. I said, you know, we should do pen testing. We should do ethical hacking. Okay. I was required to do it. Banking's or bank was required to do it. And I'll tell you how blissfully ignorant myself and Renee were, we picked ethical hacking over tech support because we didn't want to work nights and weekends. <laughs> oh, yeah, because the business only open 9 to 5. Right, so. right. No <laughs> clients afterwards. And um, then we're like, is there such a thing as ethical so, hacker? So, you know, we, we had... We started the company. Um, the people that I had been dealing with at the time to get these quote tests done were uh, compliance... Audit, audit accounting firms going, here, you're compliant. Compliant doesn't mean you're secure. It just means yeah. you're doing the least mm-hmm. possible. Mm-hmm. Um, or with solution providers. Oh, hey, you know, Terrence comes in and goes, I'll look at your network. Oh, your Cisco router is a little out of date. Let's upgrade you to an ASA. I don't need that. I just need someone to give us ideas. Mm-hmm. But more than that, we just wanted to enjoy ourselves. Yeah. And so, from the beginning, our big thing was, listen, if we want, if we become billionaires, that's great. But we want to be able to enjoy going to work. So, yeah. we want to feel like we're giving a good product, and we want people to have fun as much mm-hmm. as they can and enjoy coming to work. And I think that that's one of the things that, um, when we got into it, that's really helped. Now, mm-hmm. it's a 
business of trust. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we, uh, in December, January, I spent my birthday in Washington, D.C. going through a hacking course. I could have learned it on my own, but, um, the guy who became my cyber sensei, uh, Ralph Etchemin Vita, um, this guy, uh, you know, he, he's actually hangs out with Oliver Stone now. He was the technical wow. advisor for Snowden. Okay. <laughs> you know, wow. But he, we sat down for a week. He showed me a little bit of it. And um, then uh, in the spring, we both accidentally quit our jobs. Well, I accidentally quit my <laughs> I job. I purposely and, did. <laughs> and that's how we did it. We yeah. said, hey, yeah. let's go. Let's go. Do you remember that day going in? <laughs> <laughs> so so we so are we talking you you did this on the same day no no, no okay no, oh okay no, no. <laughs> I did I quit my job on the same so day. <laughs> so June second two thousand seven and I remember <laughs> it, uh, well that was my last day of work so my boss Donald Thompson he was a small country banker but in in uh, he wasn't small he was like six five three five <laughs> big scary guy um, but he was like really influential in community banking. So there's an independent community bankers association, which 95% of the banks are, are in the country are part of. He was one of the founding presidents. So okay. everyone, we were going after banks and everyone knew Donald Thompson. I would talk to politicians and they would say, Oh, Donald Thompson. Yeah, I know him. Right. He kicked the federal reserve out of his bank. That's the sort of guy. He is. So, <laughs> We were going after banks. I figured if we're doing this part time, might as well tell him. Yeah, so right. find out. Yeah. Right? And I mean, he was a business owner. He started with a small single bank in Hawk Point, Missouri, and now he had twenty five locations, yeah. half a billion dollar, six hundred fifty million dollars at the time. Um, so I went up to him and I said, Donald, you know, I've really enjoyed this, but I think what we want to do is we're going to start the pen testing company and do all that and. Uh, I promise I'll give you at least a six-week notice. Kathleen back in his chair. Don't know. He's probably in the 70s. Well, guess we need to find a replacement, don't we? All right. Thanks for letting me know. And I walk out of his office. and He's on the third floor. I'm in the basement. I'm in IT. I'm in the basement. Right? <laughs> and I go downstairs and I call her and I said, I think I just put my six weeks in. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Donald ended up being one of our first clients, yeah. and he yeah. helped us out personally, and, you know, I think if that didn't happen, I don't think this business would have ever started, because, you know, it's it's that blissfully ignorant part of, it's hard to start a business from a side yeah. game and switching to that full-time, and then my second day, my first day, I did cold calls. And they Good were the test. worst cold calls ever. I got every cold. I made every cold call I hated receiving. Right. So by day two weeks in, I'm going, okay, let me polish up my resume. I can get a job. No problem. <laughs> and about noon, I get a call from Renee. And it's the parameter security has their second employee. And it was just like dense. <laughs> Like worst joke ever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Dave. He's like, uh, okay. Where are you now? I'm like, well, I'm coming home. He's like, all right. I'll see you when you get home. No, my stomach's dropping. Oh. You, you could have. I could have watched. I don't know an asteroid coming through the planet, <laughs> and my, my stomach couldn't drop anymore. Yeah. Um, and it was one of those that we just. 
this is it. This is yeah. it. And yeah. so by we had this plan in December of 2006, mm-hmm. and by June we were both full time. Yeah. By July 1st, we were both full time. Um, no, we were both. To keep in mind, we were both executives to an extent. Yeah. So we weren't. We weren't rich. Yeah. But we were making fairly good money, and um, our first year of business, we made twenty four thousand dollars. Oof. Yeah. No, I'm Each? sorry. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Twenty eight thousand dollars. Twenty eight thousand. Oh, I got like that three K really. Um, <laughs> you know, and 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 so looking back, that that was a. Uh, there was always that first six months. I think there was always the feeling of, well, we can always go get another job. Yeah. And then the economy just yeah. kind of went out. Yeah. And we could still get another job, but our debt's starting to go up. And we're starting to get some work. And then eventually, you know, about 2008, a year in, 2009, it was, well, we could go get a job, but we could not afford to pay off the bills we've created. Yeah. We're going to have to go bankrupt anyway. Might as well just try as hard as we can. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know... But being foreclosed on and, Oof, and, and yeah. uh, you know, having to declare bankruptcy is a huge motivation yeah. to keep things going. Well, we didn't, we didn't, which is the good news, but yeah. it was, it was tough. It was really tough. And yeah, I'm, I'm hearing that. I mean, I, I've, I've, this is... <laughs> So the the first uh, podcast I had a young man that was an engineer. He's a full time engineer and he has a music career. Dropped his first album, was doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was surprised at some of the things he was saying. Then I'm interviewing more entrepreneurs that are saying to me like, "Hey, this is not a cakewalk." It's, you know, they're like, I would not wish this on anyone. So you have to have a particular mindset and you have to have some things prepared. So if you had, if you were to give advice on what would you like, what are two or three things that you have to, that you need to be prepared on um, to step out of your nine to five into, to your dream job? Work 24 seven. I mean, you, you are going to eat, sleep, drink, breathe, whatever your company is. And there's no break. There is no break whatsoever because the bottom line is now you don't have a paycheck and everybody's got their bills. And so it's up to you to make the money come in mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, working for a company that's got a sales team and you've got this guaranteed paycheck. Right. Um, you know, all that cushion goes away. And if you're uncomfortable with being uncomfortable, it's not going to work. And one of the things that we started learning and our phrase became was, you need to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. It's the IT thing, plus it's the entrepreneur thing, and you have to push your limits. I mean, you're going to be exhausted, mentally drained, physically drained, but you have got to keep going. You know, you just day after day after night after night after night, and you have to keep the naysayers away. Let me Let me just start there because... You know, I know that our families were like, you did what? (laughs) You guys are crazy. You know, but they never verbalized it. They still supported us. So we were lucky to have a support system in that regard. And they they were like, okay. And now that we're on the other side, you know, they said, yeah, there were times we didn't, you know, we were like, what are they doing? What are you doing? But you've got to keep the naysayers away because if you get the negativity in your head, it's just going to bring you down. You, you, I, I think. You know what does a what does a someone starting a business need to know? You need to know that you're not going to know. 
That that is I, I keep using the term blissfully mm-hmm. ignorant. That's true. Mm-hmm. And and you really are. And I think that that's where a lot of people get gun shy. And and you can always tell a business owner, different business owners. We we, we all kind of nod at each other. You yeah. Know? <laughs> like that unspoken club of you will never truly understand it until you've done it. To you. And, yeah. and uh, you know, your best laid plans Cecily plans fall apart. They're yeah. the first gunshot, right? Yeah. Um, we have so many. If half the stuff that we do now, if you had told me we were doing gas, no, no way we would have done it. That's yeah. Right. Um, but you know, like like Renee said, be you're. It's going to be very very taxing on yeah. you, and um, you know, we both know Thomas. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, Thomas is my personal trainer. And, uh, you know, he's making me do two or three, four more extra push ups. And that's something that before I started a business, I would have just said, no, not yeah. anymore. Now it's like, man, I'll eat right, that more. more. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was five more. Oh, man. Right. But it's that, it's that having to keep give, give, yeah. give, give, and understand that um, it is. Your your goals change and your and your outlook change. I, I it's hard to really explain to someone what to expect. Other than that, you really just have to go with the flow. The other thing is is good ideas and good uh, uh what looks like could be good opportunities may not in the long run be good. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, we we fell into what every entrepreneurial company did. You get there's groups around town. There's different groups there. Oh, here's this, here's this, here's this, and you look back and you go, listen, guys, all I needed was customers. Yes. I didn't need your, you know, everybody was a wealth management. Everybody wanted insurance. They're yeah. doing these practices, talking about you know whatever, yeah. and and it was like I didn't need to know that, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes there were times that we had to leave money on the table because yeah. our whole goal was we want to have fun. There's To me, I think the only thing more miserable than working for someone else and being miserable is working for yourself and being miserable. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. working for yourself, you can at least quit. Or, uh, working for someone else, you can at least quit. Yeah. Go somewhere else working for yourself. You have to look at yourself in the mirror. And there, was, there was quite a few days that we sat down and said, I can't believe we turned that down, but looking back at it, it, it was yeah. a it was the best move. Exactly. And, and and really honestly, if you don't jettison things that are not working quickly, that yeah. that really does become like an albatross around your neck, and it's just weighing you down. So, how do you manage that? That decision, um, or how do you, you as a team do it? Do you sit down and say? You know, listen, I feel like this and here's my reasoning why. Um, and then and then just kind of make a decision on it. We do. But I mean, we also had like the school of hard knocks um, in the sense of when we were really needing money at the beginning, we found a partner and uh, they were bringing us a lot of business. Um, and every time we dealt with them, it was it was always negative and it was always they were asking for more than what, you know, the. The, they agreed upon with the cost. They wanted us to go the extra mile without paying us. Mm. And then, you know, they thought they knew better than we did. And so 
after I'd say maybe what a year tops. I mean, we, we suffered through it because we're like, we need the money. But then yeah. one day we're like, what are we doing? We're wasting time on this. When we could be focused on this for new customers and we fired our partner. We, 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 they were a client. Yeah, I mean, well, they were, they were client first and then partner. And we even had a huge, huge client. I'm not naming names. Right. Um, that we like went through with lawyers and all the contracts and you know this huge sales cycle and everything that you need to do to line up the big dog right mm -hmm. and as soon as we got it they started dictating and changing the terms of the agreement um and the services saying well we want you to teach our guys to do what you're doing we're like that's not what we signed up for i mean that's how we also make our money our, you know but our, our kickoff call ended up maybe firing them Wow. Well, that was a good feeling. Yeah. It was, it was a, yeah. And, you know, getting back to the first partner, um, that was an example of one that we felt dirty. Now, it wasn't, they weren't bad people. Mm -hmm. No. Uh, they're, mm -hmm. they're, they're, there's there's slime, slimy people in IT, and that's one thing I'm real passionate about. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, they just, they didn't know what they were doing. You yeah. Know, let's put it this way. You as a networking guy, they said, we had a, we have test computers that would go, if I was testing inside your network, I would send you a computer, and it would go outbound over VPN back to our network, a very secure way of doing it. Yeah. And it would go out port 443. For anybody that's not technical, mm -hmm. that is um, where a lot of encrypted traffic goes through. So he calls me up, the owner, one day. He had a guy, he always said, that could do it better than me, but he was always busy doing something else. And they were in with the client, and he said, listen, we're about ready to sell your product for this amount, which I didn't even know the client, so that, that's one of the things that bothered me. He goes, so you go outbound 443, what port do you go inbound on? And I go, we don't. We go outbound. But you have to come back in. And I'm like, um... I'm sitting on the side of the road in Oklahoma going, really? <laughs> and, and his guy was sitting there going, yeah, you have to come back in. It's a two-way conversation. And, and I just go, you know, 443. Yeah. 443. <laughs> it can't be the same. Guys, I'm, I'm losing you. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, 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 it doesn't work that way. Yes. Um, yeah. And so the first the first. When we fired them, that was a good day. Um, it hurt financially. Yeah. Um, but we were happier. We were yeah. a lot happier. How do you guys manage fear? Because I figure fear is a big part of... Uh... It is. Um, I mean, you have to look at it in the, straight on in the face. I mean, you have to. And it's if you want to be successful, you've got to do those things and face your fears and you just have to be brave about it. I'm not saying you're going to feel great about it and you may even have a panic attack before you attack whatever it is that you're going after that you're so feel fearful of. Um, and that's not a bad thing. I think dealing with it, whether it's beforehand or after the fact, you know, um, is healthy, but you just have to put on the brave face, you know, and suit up and let's go. And yeah. I mean, that's, that's the way I handle it. I mean, I might be in, inside going, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh, I am about to lose it. And it's kind of like that deodorant commercial. Don't let them see you sweat. <laughs> right. You know, you just yeah. do it and you, you act like you know what you're doing. If you don't, you, you know, you do as much preparation for it so that you can be successful in that situation. And the way I handle it anyway, is I just hit it head on. Let's go. Yeah. You, you, I, with that being said, I think the first 
three to five years, there was not eight hours of sleep by either one of us in a row. Oh, no. Wow. Um, <laughs> you, you know, so there's there's two 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 pieces of advice I've gotten in life okay. that were great. Um, um, <laughs> uh, so so the first I think it was my grandpa who said you know uh, one time he said you listen your level of success is only going to be as high as the amount you can fail wow and yeah. I always imagined it like a um, uh, I'm a very visual person so I always imagined it like a diving board you know when yeah. it bounces up and down you can only go as high as far as you go down. And, yeah. and, and so, you know, I always try to tell myself, well, if we're going to go pretty far down here, there's a good chance we can go pretty high. Yeah. Um, but our first account kind of put things in perspective. Oh, right, Kimmy, right, right. she said, listen, you can make $1 this month. You can make $10 million this month. You will always feel like you're going to lose it next month. So, and, and she's right. You know, even I, now, even now, I've I've been the past two weeks because we're launching new products, we're trying to change things. I've been awake every morning at three a.m. Oh. Go to sleep at midnight, mm-hmm. and oh. and that doesn't go away. Yeah, you know you're you you hear about people like a Richard Branson, you know Bill Gates, and and oh they're the richest men in the world, but you know. Bill retired for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> he probably had sleepless nights that no one else at Microsoft could understand. Yeah. Richard Branson, you know, guys on the space or whatever. But, yeah. you know, <laughs> um, I, I think everybody has fear. Yeah. The one thing I will tell you that was that was interesting is when the uh, uh, when the recession was happening, Thanksgiving, we're sitting at, with my parent, my family, and I have a brother and a sister. And they're both sitting there thinking, talking about, they don't know if they'll have jobs or any of that. And they're out in limbo. And Renee and I afterwards said, you know, that's the one advantage we have. If we're going to be out of a job, we'll know a couple months beforehand. Yeah, you will. And, and, you know, so we didn't, we didn't have that fear. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we still do a little I mean, bit. Always but, be. I don't think it's ever going to go away. Like, it'd be unrealistic to think that. You know, once you overcome your fear, it's never going to come back, or you're not going to be faced yeah, with a new just, one. Yeah. You know, I mean, there, because once you get over one hurdle, there's always another, yeah. and it's just a matter of how of how you manage it. But I think one other important point to make about being an entrepreneur, and this may be known, um, it may not be, but entrepreneurs do what others won't do, and what I mean by that is they do the dirty work, the stuff that you know you you pay people to do that you don't want to do. Yeah. I mean, for example. Um, I see one of our very well-respected entrepreneurs that we really hold in high esteem. Um, he owns many buildings and has many tenants, and he's out there mowing the lawn and weeding the lawn. I yeah. mean, and this guy's a millionaire. Randy Shelley. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, I mean, like, and he's, he, it, you know, it's he does what it takes, and it's the yeah. same. It's the same thing. I mean, there's when we first got our office, you know that. The title of VP of TP was being thrown around. Yeah, I might be the CEO of the company, but I'm cleaning the bathroom. I'm putting the toilet paper on. Right. I'm taking the garbage out. Right. I still, we, and our employees, we take our own garbage out. Sure. I mean, it's you can't be above things, you know, and, and think that that's a lesser job. You have got to get down mm-hmm. in the nitty-gritty and just suck it up and do whatever it, it takes. You know, I'm, I'm a huge history buff, a huge history buff. When we were talking before yeah. the podcast, I was listening to the Genghis Khan right now in, in, the, in the, the horde. Um, but, you know, he did have the quote that I, I, 
I will admit, I had to look up. <laughs> you know, he said, uh, you know, if you're afraid, don't do it. And if yeah. you're doing it, don't be afraid. Be afraid. And, and uh, you know, I think one of the things that really spurred me on is looking at some of these people. Julius Caesar is another one. That, and, and it's kind of weird. I say Genghis Khan, everybody goes, oh, genocide. No, <laughs> Julius Caesar, oh, he did. He destroyed the Roman Empire. No, that was actually Marius and Sulla. But we, you know, <laughs> I, I digress. But, but, you know, one of the reasons why a Julius Caesar became a Julius Caesar was because unlike the other um, noblemen who would have the armies, you know, um, even Pompey the Great, he sat in the back. Julius would be one of the first yeah. out front, and he knew everybody's name. Yeah. Napoleon Bonaparte was the exact same thing. Yeah. And I think that one of the areas of success is you have to get out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, look at Napoleon. Napoleon couldn't even speak French, and he became the French Empire. That's, he, he's what? Corsican. He's Corsican. He's more Italian than he is French. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. That will blow people's that, mind. That blows my mind, right? Uh, but he would remember um, their, their stories of him when they were marching. He walked by some uh, one, one of his um, uh, ar- army uh, uh, privates. And then the private looked up and he said, you know, Bonaparte, and they all joked with him. He said, how's your wife, so-and-so? How's your kids, so-and-so? Yeah. They hadn't fought with each other for eight years. Wow. But he was out there with them. I think where I'm going with that is is when you're dealing with fear, when you're dealing with this, you have to hit it head on because yeah. you, you just grow. Yeah. Right? You just grow and yeah. you, you just have to move forward. And then when you have other employees, it's easy for – it's hard for them to say – well, I feel confident. you're the boss. You <laughs> yeah. don't do that. Yeah. Uh, we had a, we had a, a administrative assistant one time right. that she was starting to put all these binders together for a presentation, <laughs> and I started to go to help her, and she's like, "No, you don't know what you're doing." I go, "Who do you think used to do that?" <laughs> I showed you how to do I that. Did those I did those for years before you even were here. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I think that's all. I mean, that's you're, you're basically saying, I don't care how hard you prepare. There's always going to be some challenge that you yes. don't that you don't know about that you run into. But um, now that you're more successful or you're in a more successful place, um, you look back at the stuff you did. Is it with fondness or <laughs> I say yes and no, but overall, yes. I've heard John, Senator John McCain talk about his time in Vietnam. <laughs> kind of joke about yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, in all seriousness, that's that's a lot of how we deal with it. You know, I I would never go through it again. Yeah. But looking back, it's pretty damn fun. Yeah. You know, um, the day we got our first big deal, the the day we got um, someone actually recognized us, the day we. <laughs> Had our first out of state deal, our yeah. first out of country deal. You know, uh, like you're saying, when we were uh, when when we got TV. And by the way, that is all Renee. Renee is a marketing person. Yeah. She was like, "Listen, we're not advertising 
we're yeah, getting no. you to still be to... this story. So, yeah, position no, as the actress. A lot of people go, well, you did good getting on there. No, she got me on there. <laughs> I just wore the suit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they asked me technical questions that I answered. The first time we were on TV. Oh, yes. I, I, no, that's a vivid memory. That is a very vivid memory because... <laughs> We're getting our like hot dogs, uh, <laughs> generic hot dogs, and our generic diet soda running to the TV, you know, yeah. to, to to watch it, and 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 then the phone ringing and going, okay, is it a bill collector? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so and so, then people yeah. go, wow, you guys made it big, and you guys are like doing so well. And meanwhile on the back and we're still trying to like pay the bills right. but it's that again it's kind of like you know people say fake it till you make it but it's i mean you have to put out there mm-hmm. even if you are hurting you just you just have to you just have to barrel through it i mean i think one of the biggest things too that um in my opinion anyway um entrepreneurs that are successful have um is determination and you can say that about a lot of other fields but um i mean look at how entrepreneurs just barrel ahead. They're like, you know what? I could risk it all. I'm going to risk it all. I could lose it all, but the reward could be so great, but I'm not going to be happy if I don't do it, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and you start to measure that. And then you have, you know, other entrepreneurs that are like serial entrepreneurs that may have failed five times before they got that sixth successful company, you know, and then they learn from that and then they start two or three other businesses. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I think hard headedness, you can't be foolish. Let me be clear on that. You cannot be foolish. But I think perseverance, determination, and just the willing to fight, you have to have an internal fire and fight. There's just, in order to survive, especially when things get bad. I mean, because let's be real. The number one reason people get divorced is fightings. Oh, yes. I've heard that. Business owner. Yeah. Together. Married. Finance. We're not making any money. And, you know, the bill collectors are calling. Cars could get repoed. I mean, the credit's getting shot. I mean... We don't know how we're going to pay the lights. Our next. credit report went looked like the dangerous <laughs> water slide. In the world. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Nikola Tesla said, "I never failed. I just found a hundred ways it didn't work." Right. And, yeah. And uh, and you know, you do start to the bigger it gets, the more static it is. Right. Yeah. Um, we started our con. We started Show Me Con. There's four of us in the company, and we sat there as a team. Said, hey, you know what? We should do this. Well, what's the good? Well, it could turn out fairly good. What's the bad? Well, the company could go out of business. Eh, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> and that literally was the show me. And now we have to kind of go through marketing and talk to you know, do training, do different things. Yeah, there is a little bit of fondness. I, I wouldn't, I don't think I could ever do it again this, the same way. Uh, learning a lot, and and I learned a lot about myself. Yeah, more than anything, I learned a lot of my weaknesses. Yeah. I learned, I learned <laughs> where I wasn't quite as good as I thought I was. That was, that was good. And um, patience, yeah. really, it it it's it's humbling. It really is. It really is. Yeah. And and to tag on to that, you know, you have to realize because I I've seen in the past having worked for other entrepreneurs. They feel like they know everything or that they need to know everything. And it's it's truly the opposite. You don't need to know everything. You know, yes, if, if you can't hire people at the time to fill those those mm-hmm. areas that you where you lack, then yes, I understand you need to educate yourself and make it work. But 
you don't have to be an expert. You, you can't expect that an entrepreneur is going to yeah. know accounting. They're going to know legal. They're going to know marketing. They're going to know sales. They're going to know, I mean, just, that's just unrealistic for some one person to know everything. Yeah. And I think sometimes that's a little intimidating oh, um, yeah. for people wanting to go out and start their business because they're like, I don't, I don't know enough. I don't know enough. And I think, you know, you, you can't, you, you can't. I, and I've heard that from other entrepreneurs. You just cannot focus on what you don't know. It's just because yeah. you're going to run into something anyway. So just uh, go forth and figure it out. Yeah. I think you said it. You have to have like some persistence and, 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 and attitude that says that I'm not going to give. I'm going to, I will, I will bend, but I will not break and just go forward. You, you Absolutely. see, I think the look, when I'm saying the look of the entrepreneur, I think that's one of the things you'll see. And a lot of us talk, you know, going, I hope, wish them the best. Yeah. yeah. Chances are they won't succeed. Yeah. But I wish them the best. Yeah. And that's not, um, that's not slight against anybody. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of people have been through it. Now, again, like Renee said, doesn't mean because it didn't work the first time, mm-hmm. your second idea doesn't go through. Right, yeah. um, but don't expect a fast journey. Don't you know? Not everybody's a Zuckerberg. Yeah. Not everybody is right. an Elon Musk. And yeah. you know, in a lot of cases, without luck, they wouldn't have been. Doing yeah, exactly. You know? and, yeah. and with luck, there was a lot of luck stuff out of our hands. Yeah, that helped us be successful. Just fell into place. I mean, you can be. We could have done. There could have been decisions outside of our control that we wouldn't have we, we would have, wouldn't have been successful. One of our biggest contracts we actually got before the first time. <laughs> I did the wrong math, and I took the sum of our entire. Again, this is why I can't do sales. <laughs> um, I took the sum and forgot one line item, and so we ended up being a low cost bidder and got the job. Um, and then I looked at it and I said, well, oh. I did the math wrong. And I said, well, you know what? But then that client, like what we did and we did more work and yep. then we were able to use them as a reference. That was a mistake I made, you yeah. know, or we had a, there used to be a company that sounded like our names and someone called us one time and no, or this. Well, okay, we got you on the phone. You know, you yeah. never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, hey, this has uh, been great. I, I have this uh, lightning round questions and I'm going to ask them. So I, I, since you're on the podcast, I'm going to, res- I'm going to ask that you respond. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Time to All right. Yeah. Okay. Where are you in the next five years? Well, I'm apparently going to be retired, so that's where I'm at. You're retired. I don't really see anything changing that much. Um, I I think uh, in the next five years, I'm going to start getting more away from the technology. Um, I'm saying younger, younger. I would Mm -hmm. say now we're not in the second generation, uh, first generation below me, we're in the second. So I see myself more as the mentor um, and, and really being a student of running a business. Yeah. Yeah. And we're looking, obviously, to grow another product line. So I think in, in really one, two, three years, that will have happened, which will obviously expand the company greatly. Awesome. Best book you've ever read? Well, like Dave, I'm not really a big reader. Best um, audio book you've ever listened to? Good luck there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> The one that immediately comes to mind, and this is several years ago, hence also why we're working out with Tom, it was Body for Life. 
body you know, um, which talked a lot about, you know, physicality, but mentality mm-hmm. um, from the mental perspective as well. And I was always impressed by that and, and how real it is. And I think, you know, when, at least in my opinion, when you're starving and you're trying to start a business and stuff, all that kind of goes away side because you're so focused on what has to happen to survive um, that you don't necessarily take care of yourself. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, whenever I think of that book, I've always just been greatly impressed with what was in it. And now we're applying it, especially when now that we're working out and eating healthy. And Bill Phillips. I actually saw a thing with Bill Phillips where he's now, he's like, I'm 50, I need to work out again. And he's starting all over. Wow. Uh, I had to look up mine because there's a name that everybody calls it. They just call it Caesar's Chronicles, but it's Caesar's Gallic Triumph. And then it's his, his 52 BC campaign season against the Gallic tribe. And I, again, it is, even if you're not a huge history fan, to see how a man left where he knew that when he came back, he would probably be executed. Mm-hmm. And he not only took a motley group of army and and made them not only defeat their enemy at the time, um, but also got their loyalty and to the point where he ended up, depending on who you ask, <laughs> was either the um, one that caused the fall of the chaos of the final days of the Roman Republic, yeah. or in some ways saved Rome from tearing itself apart, and it's just it's it's phenomenal. It's it's propaganda in a <laughs> lot of ways, but it's a man marketing himself yeah. with real stories and, and showing, you know, just how you can try to be your best. Wow, I have to check that book out. It's a very dry read. <laughs> um, for okay. these, for, for you know, it's no, it's. No I may say no. Then I was just. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Star Wars or Game of Thrones? Wow, that's a good question. I would probably go Game of Thrones. My first film I ever saw was Star Wars. I I would say if it before prequels, <laughs> before before actually you know special editions, yeah, I would go Star Wars. My childhood's been destroyed, <laughs> so I'm just gonna have to go. Um, Tyrion, you know, Game yeah. of Thrones. Yeah. I just. I hate to say it. It's crazy good. It's crazy good. And they really, got the ice dragon. The whole I don't want to give it away. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it really is. But, you know, someone like Mark Hamill, to me, is just an awesome, awesome guy. And, yeah. I I literally watched Stingray, uh, Stingray Summer because I was like, Mark Hamill, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's that's Luke. I mean, Batman. Right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The Joker. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Cards or cubbies? Cards. Cards. <laughs> okay. You're safe. You're good now. It's not like I was going to do anything about it. <laughs> no, no, you know, Thomas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he's from Southside Chicago. I don't dispute him. He's a big. Man. I I literally the only time I've ever wanted to like just delete like a post. <laughs> Was when the Cubs won. I was like, I just could. I was like, too much, really, it's yeah. too soon. But you <laughs> know, it's like the whole thing of we can insult the Cubbies, but I'm not. I don't want anybody else insulting. Them. Right? Yeah. <laughs> they they may be slime, but they're ours. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know? Don't come from the West Coast or East Coast. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, what, in your opinion, 
uh, should be first and foremost in the mind of an entrepreneur who's transitioning from a nine to five job uh, into their dream job, their dream business. The first thing? First and foremost, what's that one thought that they need to have? I can do it. Awesome. Your dream that. isn't your dream. Your your a dream is not real. real. No. Um, so that's a good starting point. But don't do not try to create the future. You need to go with the flow. And um, if you don't, you're gonna have some hard times. Wow. David and Renee, I wish you all the luck in your endeavors. 